0: Welcome to the Meaningful Mentor Podcast, a podcast where we discuss, encourage and offer suggestions to help you live a more meaningful life despite the barriers of illness, injury or disability. Live the life you want to in a meaningful way. I'm your host, Steph Collinson, an occupational therapist turned business owner. I help businesses with content creation, visibility online and helping them get their message out there to the world. I created a lifestyle that suits me, despite my IBS diagnosis, and I want to help you do the same. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Meaningful Mentor podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. Um, I have a family member with me, Um, she is my auntie Mand, um, and she is here to talk about um, her chronic condition which is Hashimoto's I don't know a one about it Um I've had people come on here that uh, talk about um, kind of thyroid conditions and things Um so I'll let her you know explain a little bit more about what it is how it's impacted her life um, and we'll also talk about you know the work that she does as well because she is an occupational therapist and you know she's helped people throughout her career with a range of chronic conditions as well so um, I will hand over to uh, my Auntie Mand now, just to say hello to the audience and yeah, introduce herself. Yeah. <laughs> hello, I'm Auntie Mand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I should it have said great. That. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said Mandy Wally, but I feel like that's too formal. <laughs> I know it is, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm Steph's Auntie Mand. I'm proud of it, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah thanks Steph it's a it's a funny old thing really isn't it you know when you're talking about chronic conditions because yeah. you know it's so it's such a hidden thing isn't it really let's mm-hmm. be honest and and you know everybody probably you know has quiet life of desperation at some stage but you know occasionally it, it, it'll rear its head and then that's when you you know you you battling with something or trying to manage something um you know that does impact on on your health and your well-being so mm-hmm. do you want me to explain a little bit about Hashimoto's and what it really is yeah go for it okie okay, dokie okay. well I I actually did I thought it was a Japanese plant to be honest when <laughs> I first heard the name um I was thinking Hashimoto what the heck's that um but basically what it is it's a, it's an autoimmune disorder so you know you're you develop it if you've got those genetics, if you like. Um, I'm the only one in my family that's actually developed it as, as full blown Hashimoto's, but my sister's got an underactive thyroid and it's very, very linked with the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, thyroid is such a, an incredible powerhouse of an organ that people take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. It seems this thyroid disorders seem to follow women more than men, I would say. I don't know whether it's you know, bias towards women. I really honestly don't know, but I very rarely hear of men who've got Hashimoto's, but that's not to say that they haven't. They, you know, it, it's just my circle of uh, information, if you like, is, is mainly from women. Um, and what it, what it basically is, is that um, it's attacking, it's attacking the body. Um, and, you know, it hasn't been functioning the thyroid itself hasn't been functioning for a long time. And for those that don't really know what it is, it, it's it's like your, your body's engine, if you like. It's the thing that sets your metabolism. It's the thing that sort of keeps everything flowing. Um, it is your energy pack, if you like. Um, and when it goes wrong, you know it goes wrong. It, it feels it. So you can, a thyroid can have, you can either be hyperactive, Uh, Mm or hypoactive thyroid so hyperactive is when you know you you might have racing heart you might have um you know you you lose a lot of weight suddenly you know and um you know it's it's your thyroid working overdrive basically Mm -hmm. and it's setting in setting your body up as if it's like running on you know oodles of fuel Mm -hmm. um and people sometimes get further problems and um you know, it's the first sign might be for a hyperactive thyroid, might be the sudden loss of weight. Mm-hmm. So for people like me who've got hypothyroid, um, it's underactive. So it's not producing enough um, of its own hormone mm-hmm. to, to try and regulate things like heart rhythm and, um, you know, metabolism, you know, how your digestion works and everything. And mm-hmm. it just slows everything down. It's really, really quite sluggish. Mm -hmm. um and and it it, you know you you think you've managed it but you know it it, every now and again it 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 does raise its head um Mm -hmm. and the only way I can describe it is well I've had a a couple of tumors removed uh so there's a thyroid gland which is a butterfly shaped gland sort of at the base of your neck and on top of that gland is uh four more glands called parathyroid so they work in in tandem Mm -hmm. and um it, it, as I said it, it just regulates y- your whole system mm-hmm. um so yes it's it's a, it, it can be uh I suppose in a way uh it can be fatal if untreated believe it or not um mm-hmm. if it's untreated it can cause uh major heart problems it can um you know it can cause all kinds of other other issues with um i suppose your know, your metabolism how you digest food and, and your own energy mm-hmm. um but you know on the whole if it's managed well if it's if it's managed you know with medication because i have to take uh thyroxine for life now um and it it sort of like helps keep you um you know everything flowing it, it's, it gives you the energy and the only way i can describe it is that um sometimes when i have i call it a hashy flare-up, um, mm. that it's almost like I've been unplugged. I think it's the only way I can describe it. It's like somebody's pulled me plug. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm carrying along, and then all of a sudden, it'll feel like, oh, my battery pack's running out, and I can't recharge, and the only way I can recharge is literally taking myself off to bed and sleeping it through. Now, mm-hmm. I've been known to sleep 12, 14 hours straight sometimes, um believe it or not uh when I've really had a nasty flare-up mm-hmm. um and it's it's not like a refreshed sleep either it's like you still wake up with a bit of a almost like a hangover feeling mm-hmm. um but it's basically just my own system saying uh oi, you know need to rest you're running on empty yeah. so so that's that's how it, it sort of has, has occurred for me um, and the only the only way I found out that I had this is because I had all very, very common symptoms, which is very familiar. And and for those that have got hypothyroidism, um, you might notice uh, fatigue is a biggie. Um, mm-hmm. So you get really tired and it's, you know, no matter what you do, it's not a refreshed, you know, after you've rested, you don't feel refreshed. Weight gain, story of my life, Uh, you know, I can't remember a time when I was thin, probably when I was a newborn baby, but anyway, Um, I have really, really dry skin as well, that's the other bizarre thing, side effect from it, Um, I've got a very slow heart rate, so when i've noticed you know people think oh gosh you've got a healthy heart rate you know you you know so many beats a minute and i'm thinking no that's because everything's slowed down mm. <laughs> and um you know so it, that that can affect me especially sometimes if i change position uh very quickly it's like my system can't keep up with me changing mm. position so I, I will go lightheaded um mm. i feel a bit faint every now and again um uh, mm. but dry skin is, is a biggie um joint and muscle pain can be a symptom I've had three nasty episodes where I've I've actually been awake all through the night really in you know agony and it's just it's nothing other than the Hashimoto's that's caused it mm-hmm. so yeah so if I, you know And tolerating the cold oh I'm nesh at the best of times mm-hmm. um but you know if 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 I'm having a flare up, it's like it's like I feel like I'm living in a deep freeze. So I just can't get warm. I'm I'm cold to the bone, for want a mm. better description. Mm-hmm. So those are the negative sides of Hashimoto's, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um so you can see how you know, everyday living and stuff like that, you know, getting up doing things, you know, it's imperative that I get regular blood blood tests um to measure the levels mm-hmm. of the um the, oh, what they got synthetic thyroid that I take, and um, mm-hmm. so making sure that it's it's hitting the right notes, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the other effect of it is uh, yeah. having having that.
0: So, mm-hmm. so, so anti- yeah. Go on. <laughs> In a nutshell, um, so mm. i anti- just I just want to go back a little bit. So when were you kind of diagnosed, or when did you kind of notice that this was a a problem? Has it always been a problem throughout life, or
1: is it something no, quite recent? No, it- it's, it's sort of crept up on me, I would say, mm. in my late 30s, early 40s. It's mm. crept, and I mean crept up. Mm. So it's typical, when, you, when you're when you running around, you're, I've got three kids, as you know, Steph, but, uh, you know, yeah. when they're little and everything, everything gets put down to pace of life, running yeah. around after the kids, trying to work, trying to run a house, trying to run a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, meanwhile, you're still trying to lose weight because, you know, you. you have that desire to sort of be a bit thinner than you should be you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and nothing shifting which is a, a real bummer pardon the expression but it is <laughs> um and so you know I just I, no matter what I did I was just constantly feeling exhausted I thought this isn't right so I went to my GP and I said to my GP um I'm really not feeling so I can't put my finger on it but it's just you know I just feel fatigued so yeah. the GP said, "Okay, let's let's run a load of blood tests." And sure enough, there it was. It was uh, hypothyroid. Started that way, so yeah. it was sort of come back and get yourself some medication. So I was surviving on medication. Uh, it starts off at a quite a low dose for me, um, mm-hmm. but that's where the blood tests monitor it. You know, because in my case, um, it, you know, it's it even the fifty milligrams of the synthetic thyroid wasn't wasn't touching the sides really so Mm -hmm. it increased to 100 and then 125 and then 150 and now I'm currently on 175 milligrams daily Mm -hmm. um and because you have to take this medication for life it's for life so I actually carry a medical exemption form Mm um because this is one of the conditions that um the NHS recognize can be a chronic condition and so therefore you know that the 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 NHS uh, medicines authority have granted people who've got underactive thyroids, you know, prescriptions, um that you know I've got an exemption. So mm-hmm. because otherwise it costs an arm and a leg, you know, to just keep upright really. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful in that respect, you know, mm-hmm. that I've I've got that exemption mm-hmm. and I've been considered okay mm-hmm. for an exemption. Yeah, that's brilliant, and I think
0: like you were saying before, you know, you were busy with <laughs> three boys and, you know, working and and, and doing everything that, you know, a, a mum does. Um, A lot of the time, you, you just think it's, like, normal for you, you know, that level of stress that, you know, your symptoms, like, you put it off for something else. So it's not Absolutely. until you kind of have that time to step back and you think, oh, gosh, like, I don't feel right. There is There's something, like, not right and I need to kind of get to the bottom of it. Um, absolutely. and i speak to a lot of people who fight for a while to kind of you know get yeah. that diagnosis and to, to be kind of listened to um mm-hmm. you know when That's they have right. the the flare-ups or especially people who have you know chronic fatigue or chronic pain you know for people um absolutely it can be a really big struggle um yeah. to get a diagnosis and for someone to kind of I suppose you know validate you know what they're going through yeah. is you know real because people will just you know doctors will kind of fob you off sometimes um, and just kind of put it down to other
1: things well and and I did myself to tell you the truth Steph because Mm -hmm. being an OT you sort of yeah diagnose <laughs> yourself actually you know, yeah, yeah you just you, you tend not to bother the medical profession because yeah you know you always think well you know they're there for other people and I can manage myself I've got enough knowledge and skill
0: to, yeah. to get my head
1: around this so you know I'll just carry on as normal but mm-hmm. obviously with the best will in the world you can't do a blood test on yourself so no. <laughs> um and it's only it's only that that's the only thing that really reveals what's going on and it can tell an awful lot about the state yeah. of a person's health which is yeah. you know incredible really from just from a blood sample so yeah. um Absolutely. yeah so it, it if it is it you know I, it was me actually that was the barrier in terms of getting a diagnosis yeah. to tell you the honest truth it was me <laughs> um yeah. you know and i was just fobbing myself off didn't yeah. need a doctor to do it I did it myself <laughs> yeah. um, but I think you know obviously when the blood results you can't fob that off no. um and and so obviously I recognize okay you know this does need um managing yeah uh, so that's what I did that's what you yeah. do yeah amazing and so obviously you
0: were talking a little bit about how it impacts you and um mm. Kind of the fatigue you feel, kind of joint pain and things, and yeah. um kind of you know y- your heart rates, you know, low and stuff. So how how do you manage that daily? Is there things that you have to be wary of, and how much you do in a day? Obviously, I know you're a very yeah. busy busy lady, and you've obviously yeah. got Thomas as well to to yeah. um yeah. take on. His.
1: Those that don't know, yeah. our Thomas is uh He's he's my middle son out of the three. Curly, Larry and as I used to call them, or Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, (laughs) the three sons. Um, Mm -hmm. So Andrew's my eldest, uh, and then there's Thomas, and then there's Martin. Now, Thomas has been diagnosed with autism and learning disability. And again, if you go back in time, late 30s, early 40s, you're in the melee of, of running life in the fast lane, trying to catch up with the kids anyway. But then when you've got additional needs, like somebody like Thomas, and he's notoriously poor sleeper at night and he was you know handful I'd say a handful when he was younger Mm -hmm. um yeah you'd sort of think well I know why I'm tired it's called being a carer Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and uh, so again you know you're going back to did a battle to get the diagnosis no I didn't because Mm -hmm. I naturally almost I suppose in a way I was diagnostically overshadowing for myself um in other words, I was putting everything else down to the lifestyle of having three very small, very active boys, mm-hmm. um running a household, and and working part time as an OT. You know the stress that that can bring. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think for one minute it was coming from within. Um, yeah. I thought it was all external. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and that 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 stress. Well, I'm glad that obviously you kind of come to a point where you're like, okay. Um, I'm not gonna be a barrier to myself now. <laughs> I'm gonna yes, go and get right. the blood test and find out what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just going back to like obviously managing it now and like how um you kind of uh know when a flare-up's gonna maybe happen or when you anticipate um you're not having a particularly good day. Um what are the yeah. signs, symptoms and how do you manage that?
1: That's they're really good questions, that stuff, because mm-hmm. um it's such an insidious uh experience um mm-hmm. you know again it's so hard to to actually internalize is that, is that me hashes or am I just you know have I just overdone it today or do you know what I yeah. mean yeah um so it's it's very hard sometimes but I'll tell you what the biggest sign for me is is I I get uh, this overwhelming desire to just sleep um mm-hmm. And it, it it sort of comes down like a veil almost, you know, as if a, a veil's fallen over you and mm. sort of get tired from the head down. I don't know. It's really weird. Mm. And I just know then that I've got to just manage it and succumb to it and just drag myself off to bed yeah. now I mean I get skittered out in the house because people always say oh here are noddies in the corner look at her pulling the zeds in you know <laughs> um you know and uh but you know it it is what it is and I think so that's one major symptom which is usually comes on me at early evening when I've relaxed and I've come off adrenaline from whatever I'm doing in the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but also um you know the, the muscle pain that usually comes on uh, periodically at night and it can last for a week so I know I know when those times come I just got to ride it out there's nothing I can do about it mm-hmm. um you know so so I'm, I'm I'm up regularly in the night really uncomfortable um it's hard to describe it but uh you know it's just very very uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and then concentration believe it or not and mood um concentration goes when i when i know i've got sort of almost like a mini flare if you like i've got absolutely no concentration and so you know i really have to almost recruit a lot of energy to mm. to rein my mind in if that makes sense um and focus in on mm. what it is i need to do mm-hmm. and you know i'm a notorious putter avoider <laughs> <laughs> and and so i'll, I'll procrastinate I'll, you know, Oh, yeah, I I am. And it's funny, really Procrastinator in terms of tasks for anybody else. I'm not a procrastinator, but in terms of tasks for myself, oh, my goodness. You know, so I'm just showing you where I figure on my own self thinking (laughs) Um, because, you know, and that's a hard lesson as well is actually starting Mm. to look after yourself. And that's in terms of the counteractive part that you can with any chronic condition you've got to be almost accepting that, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. It is an acceptance and it's like, okay, it's not the enemy. I can't try and get rid of it. I've just got to work with it and around it, you know, yeah. and just pacing is absolutely critical. Um, mm-hmm. It really is. And and I've never, because of the effects of it, I've, and also with my home lifestyle, I, I could never work full time. It would mm-hmm. be a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd, I literally... Always chose to work part time because of this very reason. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I can't serve too many gods here. I've got to be sensible, yeah, um, and just do what I can in bite-sized chunks. And if I can't, I can't, and not to beat myself up about it. So, mm-hmm. mindfulness as a as a skill that I came into when I worked in chronic pain. It, you know, that stood me in very good stead. To be fair,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, to know to start, you know tuning into the sensations really that are going to give me the clues to say okay man you know stop now there's there's a good girl <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah stop if, now you don't need yeah. to carry on <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
0: absolutely and it's 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 about listening to like your intuition isn't it like it's funny when you were saying about when you felt like that um of like a veil coming over you for like sleep like from your head mm. down like you like i think that's like, your body's like intuitional way of saying okay like i'm tired rough. now like rest like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even when your brain's probably like oh i need to do this that and the other or, i haven't done this correct. yet you know? um, correct
1: it's about just sort of listening to what your body's telling you and um and that's a skill exactly that. yeah it is that it's really skill. is a skill i mean it's it doesn't you know even as an ot and and you know you might you know it's like you know we're we're notorious, aren't we, as OTs? We, we always like to say, "Oh, do as I say, not as I do." Yeah. But um <laughs> you know, I'm afraid I've had to do as I say and do as I do as well. You know, it's that like, you know talk about walking the walk. I've walked it, you know. So in terms of authenticity, let get my teeth in authenticity, yeah, uh, with clients or whatever when they say oh I'm tired you've got no idea I'm going oh but I do <laughs> and so I'll I'll chip it I'll chime in with the odd oh does this ever happen and then they look at you and say yeah how do you know that and I go, mm. yeah <laughs> yes I know I know how that goes <laughs> um yeah, but it, you know it, it's it's not you know it's it's just being kind and patient with yourself. I think human beings I don't I think we need to learn how to be a bit kinder and more patient with ourselves and I Believe you me, it's a a lifelong work in progress. I don't think, Mm,
0: you know, I've
1: I've got that at all because I'll slip into, Mm. you know, that self-critical mode and, oh, come Mm. on, pull yourself together like I'm a set of curtains, you know. Um, And one thing I I haven't mentioned is the mood elements to Hashimoto's. And it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was only when when I saw um, a, 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 a consultant endocrinologist um and it was quite it's quite embarrassing really because I, you know I just assumed that low mood come with the territory of having little or no sleep because you're a carer and because you're always having to think about things that are up for other people blah de blah mm. um and it came to a real sort of sudden shock when he actually turned around to me and how is your depression and I looked at the consultant and I thought how does he know about that you know i thought i've masked it very well yeah i got away with that but no he just looked me straight in the eye and said and how's the depression i said why did you ask that he said again another side effect is can be low mood and depression mm-hmm. when you have a, an underactive thyroid to the extent you have mm. so i thought aha so you know it's again you put it down to circumstances you don't put it down to some intrinsic things that can be happening you know Mm. it's you just put it down to oh it's this or it's that but actually that taught me a valuable lesson that I need to tune into myself a lot more yeah Uh, yeah you know really do
0: absolutely and and that that's you know comes back to like that intuition doesn't it and I think sometimes when when you're not in the best mood or you're not in the right headspace to do things you know trying to push through and um, to get it done yeah. or you know just because you don't want to let other people down i think sometimes i'm i feel quite guilty about that but then i'm like well i'm not you know producing the best work or i'm not going to show up the best way that i want to um mm-hmm. so i'm going to step mm-hmm. back because you know it just doesn't feel right for me and that's not you being you know selfish or anything like that it's just no. you know you're protecting yourself you're protecting your energy and how you're feeling that day um yeah. so correct I think we all we all do it you know we all push through and we all think sometimes you know well we don't want to let that person down you know I'll, I'll just do it um but you Correct. know that time At that, yeah exactly that time you know you could have you know just rested or you know did something for yourself um and you could could have felt better for it so but I mean like you say anti-man it comes with time and you know being able to listen to yourself and be
1: you know show yourself that compassion uh, when you when you're feeling like yeah. that so um... absolutely and and it's it really is for anybody listening there it really is a work in progress it is mm-hmm. not it's not going to happen overnight it mm-hmm. is something that you have to do daily um absolutely. twice three times daily to check in with your own thought processes and say well okay you know because you can get a bit you know either you can do one thing you can either be consumed by the thing whatever it is the chronic condition that you've got or you can flatly ignore it um and i tended to bounce between the two to be honest mm-hmm. um and and you know swing like a pendulum but it's about being in that steady middle bit um and that's optimal for you know function really um yeah, yeah know, it's, so... it's like sorry i'm gone no 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 that's that's you know that's that's all it is it's being optimal you know yeah definitely I was just
0: like in that in that stage of like like optimum I think it's about acceptance I think you mentioned that before you know accepting what is um Mm -hmm. I like to say also that realizing that you you do have a choice in that moment um like you're saying you know um you can let it consume you um and kind of that worry and that negative spiral um and that might make symptoms worse um, mm. or it's the thing of ignoring it completely <laughs>
1: and just yeah, powering it, through it, it which is, is also it not is. a good
0: thing so it's not helpful um, yeah not you know we, we've talked about a few things before on the podcast about you know uh, being mindful you know i like to just spend if i am feel like um I'm having a flare-up just kind of just sit in the moment and just see what's coming up for me or if I feel like I need to get things off my chest I like to journal you know anything that sort of calms the mind and lets you just um kind of get out what what you're feeling in that moment or even just to take five minutes to just kind of you know compose yourself (laughs) wherever you are
1: Okay. yeah that's right it's funny what you said there about you know that that appreciating being mindful because some people yeah. i've come across um really struggle with self-compassion really struggle yeah. with it yeah um hugely and um i don't know where that comes from and i really don't know why it manifests itself as severe as it can mm. and it, it it is a form of masking i don't care what anybody says but i think yeah. you know i i, I you know take home message from from somebody who's you've got a chronic, a chronic 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 condition <laughs> yeah. is is really just to to you know not put too much emphasis on what it all means and um, just being like you say in the moment but also you know it will pass whatever it is anyway yes. yeah. even if it might not pass for a day or two it will pass, you know. All things must pass, as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, and it and it's sort of just not getting caught up in in you know the what ifs or the maybes, but it's you know well, what is possible now. What's what's yeah. happening now? Yeah. Um, so I think I think as a society, I think you know we should start this in childhood because there'd be a lot less hang-ups in adulthood yeah. if, if we if we did start it in childhood. Um, you know even if it's not something that's within your own circle of friends or circle of experience or family Um, you know if you get it from schools for example that starts to sow the seeds of self-compassion well then surely that must be a good thing
0: yeah no absolutely I think that's something that could be (laughs) in the curriculum (laughs) absolutely I agree you know instead of telling them us where we need to improve or what what we're doing wrong we need to you yeah. know teach how to manage because all all of these kind of difficult and maybe negative experiences if we had that you know element of self-compassion you know it would
1: help us manage better of I course. think um absolutely, absolutely. so yeah I, I always had one thing that struck me recently is um I was listening to the radio and this this person on the radio was saying there's a saying by Frank Zappa, um, and he said the mind's like a parachute, mm. um it it only functions when it's open. Yeah, I thought yeah. Oh, I like that. I really like that, and it's true because it does. Yeah, you know, when you've got a chronic condition, you, you've got to be open minded. If you're closed minded, you suffer more. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you know, the mind and body is is quite in tune and. You know it's it's I suppose in a way it's also knowing when you know the difference between a regular sort of flare up and when there's something completely different going on mm. and and in a way that it's not hyper vigilance but just vigilance to a change in its direction or a new symptom or something you know it's addressing that as well mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. with a chronic condition yeah
0: definitely yeah. amazing um Yeah so Antimand from Mm -hmm. obviously your experience as an OT um, and we'll talk a bit about the empowerment passport after this but um, what would be your kind of top maybe three tips or top bits of wisdom for somebody who has a chronic condition or who maybe has Hashimoto's uh, what would be the three bits of advice that you'd give them to help maybe manage it better? Um, Or if they feel that maybe they have symptoms and they're not sure kind of, you know, what to do next. Um, yeah,
1: that's that's a goodie, that one. Mm. I, I think if, you know, if something's going awry, the first tip I'd say is just, you know, for somebody who's perhaps like I did, it, it crept up on me Um is actually you know, don't be afraid of going to get a blood test, you know, even if it's just a process of elimination, yeah. you know, start with the physical, start with what you can change, if you like. Um, without that blood test, I would never have got the synthetic thyroid, which without the synthetic thyroid, I wouldn't be st- stood up right. Um, yeah. You know, so I think I think believe in the fact that there are new symptoms or there's there's something not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't do what I do. fob f- f- yourself off before a doctor can do it Um, (laughs) and then and then and then once you've got that then you're a bit more forewarned and forearmed second thing I'd I'd suggest to people dealing with a chronic condition is the acceptance that is absolute cornerstone I'm not the person I would like to be in terms of you know where I thought like if I talk to my younger self you know somebody experiencing chronic condition perhaps being overweight and one thing or another you know when i was younger and thinner i'd be like horrified at the thought of me older self being this overweight but you know there's there's, there's reasons that that is the way it is um mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's just it's annoying because uh, i think i'm um you know a diet's dream really um but it it is what it is and and you've got to develop a little bit of acceptance the fact that you know it's not going to happen overnight if you if you need to manage something it's an investment, um, an investment in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that then brings around the self-compassion bit, the third thing, the third mm-hmm. tip. Um, without self-compassion, acceptance is harder to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. You can't change it. You can't, you know, eliminate it. Um, it's living the best of with the situation, yeah. you know. And, and you're not a lesser person just because you happen to have a thing that you've got to manage Mm -hmm. and you can work around it there's always ways to work around it so I I, even though I've got a chronic condition I I tend to be you could probably hear a person with a glass half full it's not half empty Mm -hmm. um you know and and I very much choose and it is choice to focus on the things that you can do um it's like that serenity prayer for whatever it is, you know, have the wisdom to know the things you can change and the wisdom to know the things you can't, something like that. You'd yeah, have to yeah. read it out anyway. But it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's 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 having that sort of philosophy. Um and and just unhooking from um, you know, the the daily grind of of you know your own mind really. Absolutely. Um so yeah. you know, the mind is a very, very powerful tool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think people you know you know the thing that you suffer with most of all is the stuff that goes on in your mind Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um you know and and that can be really really uncomfortable so it's about developing a a strategy um a process call it what you like you could call it mindfulness or you could call it like even engaging in a a favorite hobby that refuels you um yeah that that replenishes the, the thing that you you tend to struggle with yeah
0: no absolutely they're really great points and demands and I think that covers nicely like everything that you've kind of spoke about um and sums it up really great so thank you for sharing your experience uh with no Hashimoto's uh and yeah that that should be really helpful for my audience but just before we go <laughs> I want to <laughs> talk about the empowerment passport so this is something that um uh my auntie's been working on for gosh a long years time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's something that is now, um well, is nearly launched. um We're just doing kind of demos and trials at the moment. So I'd love That's for you right. to share what it is
1: and how yeah. it helps. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. To be fair, I think we could all do one. To be fair, yeah, we could, we um, could. absolutely. To be <laughs> fair, because um what this is, for those that don't know, the Empowerment Passports, hopefully, is what it says on the tin um it's a document that um that people who have a long-term condition or a disability call it what you like and the struggles that you can have with you know day-to-day living like I've just shared with you you know fatigue is a biggie you know head fog could be another one um (laughs) and so if you're working if you're working um and I worked in the NHS for a long time um if you're not working at the same race as you have done in the past you know people start looking go, what's going on you know what's what's going on with you mm-hmm. and like I said my condition was insidious but in in terms of like you know there wasn't any particular day when one day I was like okay I can do all this and the next day I couldn't um it, it was you know a gradual thing over time but what the empowerment passport does is enable an individual who lives with a long-term condition or a disability to be able to state what works well for them and what doesn't. Um, so this passport, once you've completed it, and it's under four, I've called it four domains or sections, because it, it, to me as an OT, it reflects very much the holistic thinking. So, you know, there's the physical self and there's the psychological self and then these emotional self and the social self. So, you know, if you've got a long-term chronic condition, I bet your bottom dollar you'll have elements where the physical self, you have difficulties or the intellectual self or the emotional self or the social self, you know? Um, And it's being able to plot that out in in a document, if you like, um, that either an employer or an education, somebody who doesn't know you or or somebody who's trying to, doesn't know where to to support you or how to support you when you've gotten a newly acquired condition or something that's been revealed It helps that person who's, say, your manager or your colleague or whatever, or your tutor, to know what adjustments they can make to enable you to do a particular task. So I created it around my son Thomas because he wanted, he was suddenly given a job in a pub. And I thought, oh my goodness, nobody's going to know, or assumed rightly or wrongly that you know that it may be limited knowledge on how to support somebody with his level of autism in a workplace what are the risks here so obviously Mm. health and safety springs to mind and you know all the regular things that a manager would need to be aware of but also importantly for the colleagues you know so you know Thomas tends to stim which is he's over excitable and so he'll flap his hands or flap his fingers in front of his face and i call that call we all call it stimming and it's sort of a self-soothing mechanism
0: Mm -hmm. uh
1: for somebody who's neurodiverse like thomas and um but to the untrained eye it'd be like oh my god what are they doing you know why why Mm -hmm. do they do that it's a funny habit you know Mm -hmm. um so so I, i wrote this passport down saying to an employer look you know this is what thomas is capable of doing he can lift he can you know move stuff around for you. you can move a barrel for you just tell him how to do it safely you can do it and um, if you want him to lift something up you can do that but if he gets overwhelmed with noises and and people shouting for example he might do this which is stim which will mean one of two things one it will be either he's getting distressed or the other thing he's ever excited either way it doesn't matter which one it is just ask him to take five minutes out You know, so just to step out and have a couple of deep breaths and come back in and refocus. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like um, a guide on how to support Thomas in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it worked. It worked to trees. And so the manager and his colleagues found it fantastic because, yes, there's some nervousness. I mean, he's six foot five and, um, you know, he's he's quite (laughs) formidable looking. Um, And, you know, these odd little funny little stimming quirks that he has could be quite, you know, people might be, my goodness, what are they doing? You know, it might be quite wary, if mm-hmm. you like, if they haven't come across somebody with those traits before, if you like. So anyway, worked at Trace, and the staff felt a lot more confident that when they saw him, you know, stim, that they knew exactly what to do, and that was quite vital, and that, that contributed to the success of him staying in that job. So I thought, hmm, wonder could this help others? So it cast my mind back to what got me interested in employment was um, and the, the ideas of helping people back into employment when they have a disability or a long term condition is um I, I treated some Hillsborough victims um going back to 1989. I worked in the regional brain injury unit and so we got a lot of the victims that were in a crush at uh, Hillsborough mm-hmm. and there was a, one particular individual who was an apprentice and all they wanted to do was go back into work and uh, that was really important for them. But in the nineteen late 1980s, there was no such thing as the Equality Act or Disability Discrimination Act. So, you know, the employer could get rid of them because they couldn't. And, and the parameter was, you know, well, can they escape if there's a fire? Do they know what to do if there's a fire? And, you know, obviously this person had, um, you know, they could walk, but it was very slow um and so they said sorry can't have them back and that really upset him and it upset me as well Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: because I thought oh my goodness you know how awful you know Mm -hmm. um and that sort of ignited the passion that I've had throughout my career about how do we support people through no fault of their own may have an acquired problem or their existing problem might have deteriorated or they've just grown with their problem Mm um how do we you know, level the playing field, what, what can we do to make things right? And then the Disability Discrimination Act came in, the Equality Act superseded it. Um, and it's sort of been part of my core sort of um, guide in life, you know, equitably, equitable and um, to, to treat people fairly. So, but it's all always, generally speaking, it's around, you know, the environment, what the environment can do to change, what attitudes can do to change. And possibly changing the task, which is a very OT thing, I have to say. It, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, gosh, you can take you can take the girl out of OT, but you can't take OT out of the girl. Out of the girl. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, so, yeah, so that's that's where it's where, where it was born, even before Thomas. To be fair, mm-hmm. and um, and but obviously having Thomas and when he reached an age where he could be employable, um, it just accelerated the desire to do things differently. Um, and being disabled myself you know I've got dyslexia as well um, and I know the barriers that I've experienced going in from one NHS trust to another mm-hmm. and um, attitudinal barriers are, are probably the big ease, to be fair it's not the task it's not the environment it's the attitude mm-hmm. um, and if you if you can get all of that right I mean I, I personally only have a philosophy that says people are only disabled by the environment and attitudes and I and I still firm, hold firm to that belief because mm-hmm. um had attitudes been different towards myself I mean we can adapt the task that's not a problem we can even adapt the environment that's not a problem but working on people's attitudes is a biggie mm-hmm. um and and so I thought well how do we how do we teach people how to treat you um how do we do that how do we you know, enable those barriers that exist in other people, not necessarily in yourself? Uh, How do we um, help them get through that original mindset? And that's why I came up with the empowerment Passport and proofs in the pudding. Thomas has successfully kept that job. Well, he kept that job for two years and he's gone on to another job. I've trialled it with colleagues up and down the country and they've fed back to me saying it's worked. Um, And it's wonderful to hear different, you know, stories of when people have gone say for an interview with an empowerment passport and they've, they've actually turned around and said you know you haven't asked me about my adjustments yet here are my adjustments um, <laughs> it's it's just brilliant because it, it just yes. flows. it puts everything in perspective and it also you know puts everybody on a level playing field you know there's a bit of negotiation to be done here mm-hmm. yes you may be being interviewed by an employer But, you know, don't put barriers up before you even know what they are. Don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Um, That is so critical. Um, Please don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's really to try and stop assumptions from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And if people offer this information from themselves, wow, that's more powerful, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that's where it's come. So now it's an online platform. It's gone from being a paper, paper copy. Uh, a questionnaire into an online platform so people can um, log on and they can create their own passport using the questionnaire and they can also upload relevant information that pertains to their needs whatever they want and it's Mm -hmm. choice and control I think once you've got a bit of choice and control over information Um, and I I love the phrase nothing about me without me because I think Mm -hmm. that's so important Um, So that's what I'm hoping to do with um, the use of the empowerment passport, not only to empower people to have those conversations on both sides. So whether it's an educator or an employer, it doesn't matter. It's taking that elephant out of the room. And how many times have I been in an interview situation in my career? And, you know, I've ticked the disability box, but everybody's avoided it like the plague. Yeah, Um, no one asks you about it. Nobody asks you. And like, yeah it's just bonkers because you know i need to actually say yeah there's my cv that tells you where i'm you know capable of from an experiential work point of view but this is about me and what works well for me as an individual Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's that's sort of you know where where i'm coming from with this really to be fair so i'm just keeping my fingers crossed we're looking for trialists um you know and and once i've got a few clustered trials i've linked in with liverpool john Moores university they've been fantastic and they're going to help me um you know look at perhaps student intake um and you know the welfare officer you know student disability allowances and stuff but if they can people can start filling in their empowerment passport this then goes with them after they leave university so Mm -hmm. um it's that bridge between education and employment yeah um so yeah so watch this space yeah it's all exciting stuff and it's been years in the
0: making um oh it so certainly is. has it's it's been it's like a ge- <laughs> gestation of an elephant you know the elephant <laughs> in the room they got to to it. <laughs> yeah and it's it's, it's something that if, if you feel that you are maybe um sort of struggling in employment or struggling with uh keeping up at university or within college or wherever you're at then this is something that can be used to um empower you essentially and be able to maybe Mm. start those conversations with your employer or whoever um it is that you maybe need to tell someone that you might be falling behind with something or you might not be able to keep up with something or you just feel that adjustments need to be made that might be really simple but you just don't know how to maybe approach um, exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: So maybe if you've got you know the
1: piece of paper, yeah, exactly Mm. the documents
0: to say, um, this is what I struggle with, and this is what might help me. Then, um, it it might give you a bit more confidence to you know approach the person and say, could you have a look at this? Is there something we could talk about and, um, you know, put in place? So yeah, exactly. You know, a really powerful.
1: Yeah, I hope so because I hope you know I hope it it'll um it will do that i mean I've, I've on no no estimation or no illusion the fact that you know people will probably need coaching to mm-hmm. feel confidence to share yeah. this document i have no illusion about that um because environments can be so hostile at times mm-hmm. and you know there's a you know i've done a neurodiversity course in the workplace and masking is so draining um and yet, we we probably all mask to a certain degree. Yeah. But to have the authentic self is, is is quite liberating. But then again, it's about teaching people how to treat you. You know, if if you if you can't advocate for that, well, how do you expect other people to yeah. to help you? You know, if you mm-hmm. can't. And it is a leap of faith, and it is it is a different way of thinking completely. It's it's it is it will be empowering. But I think people will need coaching and support to get there to get to that comfortable level where they you know will feel okay about sharing information because disclosure mm-hmm. even the word disclosure is like it's like got a dirty secret you know and I'm going yeah I disclose this to you I hate that I hate that completely mm-hmm. I just think you know no I'm sharing this with you I'm okay with it I'm going to share this with you the word disclosure is is put on you to sort of say well it's something that's not right you're you're sharing something that I mean dis anything diss is is unable, isn't it? It's it's disability, yeah. disclosure. Yeah,
0: disability. Like dis-
1: I've seen it as a disadvantage, isn't it? Like, disadvantage. You know. Everything this yeah. is yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I, I just I'm trying to do the other way. So you know, mm. um I mean I've no doubt that, you know, in the trials there may be people that will say, actually this this is what we need to adapt for this process. You know, can we work on that one? and mean that I'm open to that because I think you know right. it's not me the one that's going to be leading this, is individuals who own it are going to be leading it, yeah. not me. I've just set up a framework. That's yeah. all it is. Exactly that. Exactly.
0: And it's yeah, if you want to know a little bit more about the passport, um um I will share the website link um in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with uh mandy i will leave um i'll leave your email address anti brilliant um, yeah, yeah no problem um all in the show notes um to the podcast um but is, is there anything else you want to add on Antiman before we, we wrap up
1: no, or, no no i think i think we've uh, we've covered it you know <laughs> yeah covered. nearly an hour yeah yeah, covered yeah. Everything. <laughs> but thank you thank you steph for you know for asking me to to talk about it because uh you know to to sort of support other people that may be you know wondering why they feel tired or whatever, you know, simple thing. First and foremost go and get a blood test. Exactly. Uh, You know, that's set dead easy to do unless you're, you know, phobic around that. But you know, it it seriously, it, it will reveal your health, status of your health. So you can do something about it then. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, take that first step um mm. and try and figure out <laughs> what's what's up um if you feel like something isn't um, mm. quite right um so yeah no thanks so much again Antiman, for being on the episode and sharing your experiences of Hashimoto's and talking a little bit but a little bit about the empowerment passport um always love hearing about it and the story <laughs>
1: So, oh, thank, um, you. No, thank you for asking me Steph no it's, it's real privilege well done no so I hope, I hope it you know gets out there and um you know Absolutely. I think you know we're all in the same boat so let's just make the best of it exactly that be kind to yourself <laughs>
0: we'll exactly there. Um, exactly. Yes. exactly thanks so much for guys
1: passion.
0: for tuning in until next time thank you so much for listening i'd love it if you could subscribe and share with others who may find our episodes helpful and leave a comment on my instagram which is at va underscore steph solutions to let me know if you listened along and what you found most helpful